week, so hopefully that we'll be getting started fairly soon on our restroom that we're going to add and the changing of our kids. Uh, they need more room, don't you think? And uh, so it's going to be exciting when all that starts happening, but it's through your faithfulness and giving to creating space, and we honor you for that, those offerings and uh, thankful for what God has done through you. Praise God. Part of our creating space is going to happen this coming Saturday. It's the 16th at 9 o'clock. I want anybody that would like to come and help, uh, we're going to cut off the two sides of our platform and get it removed. And uh, so the sanctuary will look different next Sunday, but that's all right. But we need to get this broken down because eventually once we get it recarpeted, and our drum cage comes in, um, then we'll be able to condense everything to the center. We won't do that until the drum cage comes in because our praise team, their ears would blow if the drums were behind them. But we'll get the drum cage in and condense our platform, and we'll get it all recarpeted and looking nice, and then there's going to be chairs all over here and chairs all over here, and it'll probably be able to give us another 60 or 70 seats. And uh, we're excited about that. We're down today, but we're still just under 100. And uh, there's so many people that are gone on vacation and out of town doing things. And uh, so we, we uh, are, are glad that people are able to get away. But that just tells you if everybody was here, uh, seating would be hard to come by. And so we need to create that space. So Saturday about 9 o'clock. If you have a skill saw or a sawzall, uh, that will really help uh, crowbars, hammers, whatever. I don't know what's under this carpet, but I just have a feeling that Van Man does things under quality. And so I have a feeling that we're going to have to rip some things and cut some things. And uh, But it'll be a good time. So that's Saturday. Then a week from Friday, everybody say a week from Friday, is our Chain Breaker Conference. And I am so excited about this Friday night and Saturday. Uh, I felt like the Lord, well, number one, we had been talking with Nicole about this for months and months, about doing something like this. And uh, then Bradley joined the team for our chain breakers, and so we've talked to them a couple of times. And the timing never seemed totally right. And then uh, we got the green light to put it on a calendar, and I know it's in the middle of summer. But it's still just summer, and God still wants to set you free and transform you. And there's no better place that I would rather be is in a situation where that is there. So if you're in town, if you're able, please be here Friday night and Saturday. Um, after we began to plan it, I had a whole kind of mindset that God was working with me, that I thought he was working with me until we met and we put it on the calendar and began to plan it, uh, God has downloaded and it's been confirmed innumerable amounts of times that we're on the right track. And uh, so we're excited about that. Now, I did mess up this week. And that is I forgot to make a sign-up sheet. So my wife is going to be very upset with me. No, we want to plan to have the right amount. We're going to serve you a free lunch on Saturday. And so we want to be able to have the right amount of food. Uh, I did put, it just looks cheesy because it's my handwriting, but there is a sign-up sheet on the 
table that's on the way out. It says Chainbreaker Conference. If you will just sign that, if you're going to be here, how many people you think is maybe going to come with you. And we just need to have a good ballpark figure so that we can have the right amount of food here on Saturday to serve. Praise God. It's what's <laughs> So it's going to be a great, great weekend, and you don't want to miss it. Uh, I know some of you are already going to be out of town, and you've already voiced how much you're going to miss it. But uh, it's going to be a great, great time, and we're looking forward to it. And uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Leviticus chapter 17... Leviticus chapter 17, it's way back in the beginning of the Bible. It's not going to come up on the screen today because I didn't put it in there. And so you have to have your real Bible or your phone, one or the other. <clears throat> but Leviticus chapter 17, and as everybody's finding it, I just want you to mark your calendar for the second weekend of October the 7th, 8th, and 9th. We're going to be able to have Destiny come back. We're going to be hosting their, the conference here again. And so somebody's going to be here on the 9th. Now, you can pray with me that it's Brother Suber, Jonathan Suber. But uh, if it's not him, it'll be somebody that'll join us that weekend. But, uh, and speaking of which, before we go into the word of the Lord, would you just bow your head with me? I texted Jonathan yesterday and just to kind of confirm the dates and he wasn't able to look at his dates because he was at the ICU with his mother. He, they call her Mimi. And so can you just join me in prayer for Mimi Suber that God would just do whatever God needs to do to make the situation the right way? I don't know why she's there, but that's all I know is that he's with her there. And so uh, we just need a move of God. Could you join me right now? Jesus, we pray especially now for this great woman of God who has served you for years and years and years. I'm calling on the name of the Lord to touch Mimi right now. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to reach down into her hospital room and strengthen her. Let her feel the embrace of the Master. I'm asking the great physician to do his work. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to provide the answer. I'm asking you, Lord, to provide peace to the family, peace that passes all understanding. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. We'll rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. It's going to be a great day in Austin, God, as you touch her body right now. In the name of the Lord, we pray. For by your stripes we are healed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Keep Mimi in your prayers this week. Leviticus chapter 17. I just want to read one line of verse number 11. Leviticus 17 and just the first line of verse number 11. And it simply says this. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I want to share a message with you about the blood today. Now we have about 1994, 1995, there was a movement that tried to make the Bible and tried to make our songbooks politically correct. And blood was not politically correct. And so they tried to remove anything about the blood out of those uh, aspects of the church world and, 
And unfortunately, there were some in the church world that were buying into it and removing the concept of the blood. I'm sorry, but the blood is the lifeline to everything that there is. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The blood is key to understanding everything that is about us. And, and so I'm thankful that that movement didn't get traction because if it weren't for the blood of the testator, according to Hebrews chapter uh, 9, we would not have the remission of sins. It's only through the blood, and the blood is the life of the flesh. That's where we get life. You may say you get your life because your lungs are breathing air in and out, but the life transports through your body, through your blood. And so I want to, some of you will remember, because I've used some of this before, so some of this will be a review, but by the time I get to the close of this, I, I pray that there will be some new revelation. And some of you have never maybe heard this. But your blood serves certain and specific purposes in the flowing of your body. And the first thing is, is the fact that blood is actually a tissue. It's actually, and they call it, now this isn't me, this is, this is the medical journals. They call it a connective tissue. In other words, what, what our blood does for our body is it connects the body together. It keeps the body moving and operating the way that it's designed to operate. It's the reason why the, the blood goes through the heart and the heart pumps it throughout the body and it circulates back to the, blood, uh, uh, to the heart and it just keeps going through because it is the tissue that connects the extremities of our bodies with the core of our body. Okay, now you may even already be ahead of me, but you have to understand that the blood of, the, of Christ that was shed at Calvary is the thing that connects us all together. Yes, it's the spirit, if you will, because there's only one spirit, and that spirit is oxygen to us, but the oxygen travels through the blood. You can't be connected to the body of Christ without having the blood of Christ. You cannot have the blood of Christ without going to Calvary. Amen. I'm thankful for the blood. His blood is what unites us or connects us. The second thing that it does is that it carries oxygen and removes carbon dioxide. I love that. Your blood pumps through your body, and it's taking the oxygen throughout your body, and then it's taking the carbon dioxide out and removing it from your body. Now, I don't know about you, but the only thing, the Bible says it this way, that when God created Adam, he had a mound of dirt, he had a bunch of mud, and the Bible says that God breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. Okay, so what that tells me is that the spirit that gives us life, if you will, comes through the blood because that is the oxygen that comes in and our blood carries the spirit that God breathes into us all through our bodies and it goes through and it gives us that fresh oxygen that gives us, you try to just, just do it this way if you really want to test God grab something and just begin to breathe into a bag and never let the air out and just keep breathing the carbon dioxide and see how well you do. 
Listen, we need a fresh touch of the Spirit all the time, every day, every night. The fresh air of the Holy Ghost needs to come into us, and the carbon dioxide needs to go out of us, and it refreshes us over and over and over. But that Spirit is transported through the body by the blood of Jesus. And then it takes rid of all the junk. The third thing that it does is it transports nutrients. It transports nutrients. It lets you know that when you are weak and you are down and you are low, that something begins to happen when you get into the flow of the blood because it's taking the nutrients of your spirit and it's going throughout the body. Let me just tell you what happens when you gather here on a Sunday and why it's so important to be here. It's not because of my preaching and not because of the praise team singing, but when the body gets together, the blood begins to flow and the nutrients begin to go from one another and we are fed of the things of God and we are restored and the nutrition of who we are begins to grow in us and become us. And part of that is number four. It regulates our body temperature. Some of you have just not learned yet that the temperature in this building is a little on the chilly side. For you, I'm dying up here. And Lee's helping me out. Here's the thing. The blood pumps our, or the uh, heart pumps our blood, can't even speak it. The heart pumps our blood through our body. And as it goes through the body, it pulls the heat from the exterior of the body and brings the heat into the core and vice versa so that the whole body can be regulated at 98.6 degrees. If it wasn't for the blood going through your body, your body's temperature would become irregular and would come out of regulation and that's when you would have a, a a fever and or you would have your, your body temperature go too low, can I just tell you it's the blood that warms it up and keeps it regulated? Let me tell you why it's important to be a part of the body. Because as we worship, as we pray, as we preach, as we fellowship with one another, the heart of God is pumping the blood from one to the other and it's regulating your life so that there's days where you're not overheated and you're not too cold, you're just right because when you're with the body of Christ the blood of Jesus is flowing freely number five it clots at an injury <laughs> oh when your body gets an injury the blood that's flowing in your body goes and attacks that injury or that wound. It's the reason why you get a scab. It clots it. It, 
it stops the loss of blood. Can I tell you when you are in warfare with Jesus, there are going to come times when you get wounded. There's going to come some times where the sword of the enemy catches a little bit of your flesh and you need to be healed in Jesus' name. But that healing comes through the power that's in the blood of the Lamb. And that blood goes and it sets up and it begins to protect the wound and it coats over the wound until the wound is healed and then the coating or the scab, if you will, falls off and your skin or your body is restored. What's happening? Jesus' blood is healing you. It removes waste. It's the reason why it's important to be in the body. Because whether you're, listen, I don't understand and I don't realize, and maybe you do, maybe you're different. But I don't recognize that my kidneys are working right now or that my liver is working. I can't sense it. I can't feel it. I can't do anything about it. Now, I'm sure that they could hook me up to some test and let me know whether it's functioning, but I can't feel it. I just know it's working. But it's the blood that takes the waste to the kidneys and to the liver so that the body can process it. Listen, we pick up all kinds of junk all week long. We grab stuff here and grab stuff there and we partake of this and partake of that that may not really be sinful but it just is junk that takes a hold of us. But when you come together with the body and the blood of Jesus begins to flow, it takes that and whether you realize it's cleansing you or not cleansing you, it's doing it work because the body is allowing the blood to flow and then last it is the blood that protects us from disease it's the blood that protects us from disease now I said all of that and that's all good and I've preached that before But can I just tell you that the Lord added a couple of things to me this week that I want to share with you? Because I believe very strongly in what I've preached. But there's a greater depth and an understanding that God is wanting to speak into somebody right now and not only speak into them, but experience it. Now, if you are a guest here today, I just need to let you know that we're not off the, we're not going to cut our wrists and we're not going to have a goblet of blood and all that kind of, I'm talking about the blood of the lamb that was already shed. It was already shed at Calvary some 2,000 years ago at a hill called Calvary. On the outskirts of Jerusalem, the Savior of the world came, God came in flesh, dwelt among us, lived among us, experienced what it means to be just like you and I. So he knows exactly what you're feeling today. He knows exactly what you're thinking today. And he went to a cross and he shed his blood. And that blood is attainable or obtainable by us today because the blood of the lamb never dies. It never goes away. It's always available. And his blood, if you would just come to Calvary in repentance saying, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to change my direction. I want to change my life. I plead your blood upon my life. We use that term, I plead the blood. Sometimes we don't understand what we're even saying. We've just heard it before. 
when you say, I plead the blood over my family, you are doing one of two things or both at the same time. You are asking God to cover you with the blood of the Lamb so that every time something in the spirit world looks at your family, they don't see your family, they see his blood. He, he, the, Satan doesn't like the blood of the Lamb. His, his demons don't like the blood of the Lamb. The spirit of this world is against the blood of the Lamb. So when you plead the blood, you're saying, God, let the blood flow over us so that when he passes by us, he doesn't stop at our door. It goes all the way back to the Passover in the, in the country of Egypt when the, when the children of Israel were in bondage. God says, I'm going to send a death angel across the nation. And if you would take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost and over the lintel, I will pass by you and save you and restore you. So when you plead the blood, what you're really doing is you're taking a, 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 a cloth and you're putting some blood on the doorpost of your family on the doorpost of your heart, and you're saying when the devil comes by, he has no access, he has no authority, he has no power, because the blood of the Lamb has been applied. But the other thing that you're doing when you say, I plead the blood, you're saying you declare the power of God. Because the blood of the Lamb releases the power of God into our lives when we say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my home. I plead the blood over my job. I plead the blood over my kids. I plead the blood over my nephews and nieces and my brothers and my sisters. I plead your blood over this church. Can we just do that right now? You may not even understand it, but just release the blood of the lamb. I plead the blood over my home. I plead the blood over my cars. I, everything that you have given me, God, just soak it in the blood of the lamb. Lord, let your blood come over me. I plead it upon me to cleanse me, to make me righteous, to make me holy, to make me justified, to sanctify and cleanse me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. See, there's something about the blood. Uh, how many have ever heard of a man by the name of G.T. Haywood? G.T. Haywood, he's an old-time Pentecostal. Back in the early 1900s, he was the chairman of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World for quite some time. He was a, uh, he, he had a gift of songwriting, and he was a preacher of preachers. And uh, he, was, he was dealing with some things. He was dealing with... Uh, some topics of discussion that had sprung up across the church world on several different levels, but something happened to him, and I got, some of you know me, some of you are newer to this, but I am, I'm 51 years old, but I probably should have been born 50 years earlier, okay? So I got into the presence of God last night, about 7.30 or so, I put the YouTube on, and I played an old Gaither Homecoming, 
and it was a tent meeting homecoming. So it was set up like an old-fashioned tent meeting. Now, some of you don't have any idea what that is. But when, when in the early 1900s, when they would have revivals in cities, they would go to cities and they would set up these tents in a big open area and they would invite everybody to come. It didn't matter how cold it was or how hot it was. They'd put some cinder blocks down and they'd put some 2 by 12s down for pews and people would come and they would flock the tent meeting and they would come and they would sing and they would preach and they would establish churches and that's how the the church world operated in the early 1900s and so I was watching this and I was listening to this and and I was just getting lost in the old time hymns and the old songs that most of you probably wouldn't have any clue what they were about And, and I was just enjoying it and then at the end of it I went upstairs to go to bed, but for some reason, between the time I got from my office downstairs to my bedroom upstairs, I was wide awake. And so I went out to the living room, and it was pitch black, and I turned my phone on, and for some reason, something popped up in my YouTube, and it was an interview that was done in 1999, and it was interviewing somebody by the name of N.A. Urshan. Now, some of you know who that is, some of you don't. N.A. Urshan was probably, uh, well, he was one of the longest uh, leaders of the Pentecostal movement in the 1900s. Yeah, it sounds like it's a long time ago, the 1900s. And uh, he, he was a great man. But they began to talk to him about some things, and he brings up G.T. Haywood. He said, when I was a boy, now his dad, Andrew, goes way back. In fact, Andrew Urshan is part of our connection to Mykopf, just to let you know. That's how far back it goes. And, and Andrew Urshan was a worldwide uh, revival preacher. He, he, he was born and raised in Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and he, he toured the world preaching. And so he had this G.T. Haywood guy come to his home, and it was shortly after uh, Nathaniel Urshan was telling the story in this interview. He said, G.T. Haywood walked into our home, and he began to sing a song that he wrote. He says, I'll never forget it. He says he began to see, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. That, that message of the blood became the cornerstone of the Pentecostal movement in the beginning of the 1900s because somebody recognized the power that was in the blood of the Lamb of God that was shed at Calvary, and it's gone on to this day. But let me go even a step further. It's not just a traditional thing, but there's some things that happen with the concept of blood. Do you know that anti-venom for snakes is found in the blood of a sheep? In the blood of a lamb? Are you catching two plus two yet? A snake's venom is powerless against the blood of a lamb. When a snake bites a sheep or a lamb, the only thing that ever happens to the sheep 
is it may get distorted for a little. His face may swell a little bit. He may be in a little bit of pain and suffering for a moment, but eventually the blood siphons out the venom and he's whole again. My friend, the venom of your enemy is powerless against the blood of a lamb. The blood of the lamb. And everything that comes against you, it may deform you for a moment. It may cause you to struggle for a moment. It may cause you to fight for a little bit. But it will not win because the blood of the lamb is stronger than the venom of your enemy. Listen, this is so powerful. Because... That's a good thought. But what's even greater, you want to know what scientists and doctors have have done? They have now, in order to come up, this is especially in Australia, because for whatever reason, Australia has a ton of snakes. And in Australia, they have begun to take the venom of the snakes and they inject it into a lamb or into a sheep and they pull the blood out of the lamb or the sheep, and that becomes the basis for the antibodies. Oh, <laughs> uh, what happens at Calvary is this. Our sin and the curse of our sin was injected into the Lamb of God. And the blood is caught, brought back out of the blood of the Lamb so that all of the antibodies are ready and willing to be used by us. So when we're fighting the things of the enemy, we don't have to fear because the antibodies are already there. Ah, don't believe me, okay? Here, let me read the scripture to you. Galatians chapter 3. Verse number 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Being made a curse for us. Insert curse, outcome antibody. Oh, when you get to the feet of Jesus and you see his blood coming over you, it's the antibodies to everything that it will fight against. Uh, how do I know? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 21, goes on to say this. It says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. Listen, my friend, your sin, your mess up, your venom, if you will, was placed into Christ at Calvary. It got mixed up in the blood, and the blood soaked up all of its venom, and it was given back to you pure and holy and righteous, and it allows you to have a clean life and a good life and a righteous life, and it allows you to dwell in the presence of Almighty God because His blood is all-powerful. I plead the blood. I plead the blood in this place. I plead the blood in this place. Lord, right now, I'm asking you to connect us I come against the voice and the instruments of the adversary. 
I put the blood on top of it. Unite this body of believers right now. Unite us, God, and connect us by the blood of the Lamb. Whether it's a first-time guest, Lord, or a long-time saint, connect us now, right now, by your blood. In the name of Jesus, if there are those here, God, that just need a fresh touch of the Master, Lord, I'm asking you to let your blood carry the oxygen right now into their spirit. I'm asking you, Lord, to give them food. I'm asking you, Lord, to regulate our bodies. I'm asking you, Lord, to clot any wounds. I'm asking you, Lord, to remove all the waste. I'm asking you to protect us from disease and infection. I'm asking you, Lord, God, to come against the venom of the enemy right now with the power that's in the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name. Now, to the exciting revelation, and then I'm done. Because I never knew what this meant in Scripture, other than it fulfilled the Scripture. But do you know what happened on Calvary when the Sabbath was just about getting ready to be done? The religious ruler said, we don't want to deal with the bodies on Sabbath. So they sent the soldiers to make sure that the three that were on the cross were dead. And so they send somebody and they break the thieves on both sides of Christ. They break their legs so that they would die. Okay? And when it, the Bible says when they get to Jesus, they realize that he was already dead. And so they did not break his legs. That never made sense to me. I didn't understand what it meant. And so I read, and, I, and I'm going to read the scripture to you right now. It's in John chapter 19. John chapter 19, verse 36. Uh, uh, when I saw this last night, I was, it just blew my mind. J- John chapter 19, verse 36. It says this. For these things, it's just, it was just ca- encapsulating before this, the fact that they didn't have to break his legs. And so it gets to verse 36, and it says this. For these things were done that the Scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Here's the revelation. Do you know where blood is created? In the bones. In the bone marrow. And the only way that your body stops creating blood cells is one of two things. You die or you break a bone. Ha! Jesus didn't have a bone broken. And Jesus is alive and well, which lets me know that every moment of every day, his blood is being created brand new, fresh for us to crawl into and change the way we live and change who we are because from the moment that it was shed, it's still being created because his bones were never broken and he has never died. So it's as new today as it was then. It will be as new tomorrow as it is today. You don't have to worry about the blood of the lamb running dry. You don't have to worry about it becoming congealed. You just have to allow it to dwell in your body and in your life. I plead your blood, Jesus. Let it flow over me. Oh, my Lord.
my Lord, my Lord. Uh, it's brand new, it's brand new, it's brand new. It's brand new, it's brand new. Ah, uh, his bones are still making the blood. Ah, uh, it's a different kind of blood. How do I know it's a different kind of blood? Because it's a different kind of body. He was a glorified being when he rose from the dead. We're getting glorified blood today. We're getting a new kind of, it's an eternal, immortal, incorruptible blood that's being shed in us. And when we receive him, when we embrace him, when we take the blood unto ourselves, we are becoming more like him. Oh, I need his blood every day. I need his blood every day. Can I just tell you, and I invite you to stand. You'd have to, you'd be able to deal with Satan a lot less if you dealt with the blood a lot more. Here's the reason why. Because every time the devil sees the blood of Jesus, he is transported back to Calvary, his worst defeat. You see, it was one thing for him to be cast out of heaven and cast to the earth. But in his stupidity and stubbornness, he still thinks he can be like God. But every time one of us grab a hold of the blood of the Lamb at Calvary. It's reminding him, oh yeah, I've really only actually lost. He's never won a thing in his existence. Never. Never, never, never. Why? Because the blood of the Lamb overtakes the venom of the serpent. I'll put it in King James Version. His heel will bruise his head. I hate snakes. I've only ever experienced one venomous snake. And it really wasn't my experience. It was a friend of mine. We were golfing in Missouri. They have cottonmouths real bad around the water. And he was walking across, and one jumped out of the water and grabbed a hold of his pant leg. Freaked both of us out. You want to know what his response was when it did? He jumped. He screamed. He was a preacher. He was preaching. But here's what his first reaction was. I wish our reaction when the devil starts messing with us would just be, get out of here. He has no business messing with the blood. Here's what I want us to do. I want to open this altar. And here's what I'm asking. If you're here with your family, I want you to gather your family together and come to the front as a family. From the youngest to the oldest, just grab your family and come. If you're not part of a family, just come up forward, and we're going to attach you to a family here in a second because we're all the family of God. But we're getting ready to release the blood of the lamb in this house.
Yeah. Oh, come on. Huh? There's an old song that says there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. For his blood reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. It's just not some other kind of blood. The Bible calls it precious blood, which means it's more valuable than anything available. And when you begin to plead the blood, what you're bringing in is the thing that allows Jesus' life to flow in you because life is in the blood. So here's what I want us to do. I want you just to begin to reach out. Kids all across here, I want you just to do it. I know you may not even understand what pastor is saying, but would you just close your eyes with me and your family and just begin to say the words, I plead your blood, Jesus. And I, I want you, Jesus, all across this. Moms and dads, this is the greatest prayer that you can pray. Husbands and wives, this is the greatest prayer that you can pray. Kids and parents, this is the greatest prayer you can. I plead your blood. I plead your blood. I plead your blood upon the youngest to the oldest. God, I plead your blood upon this each family. I, I plead your blood, Lord God. Let the healing virtue of God, let the anointing power of God, let the life of Jesus begin to flow through each one. Yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Jesus, let your blood bring safety. I come against every disease and every infection. Lord, I plead your blood upon it. Lord, every person that is struggling with the venom of their enemy, I plead your blood on them. Soak them and saturate them in the blood of the Lamb so that the adversary doesn't have any access, so that the enemy doesn't have any say. Yes, 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 yes. I plead your blood upon this new family right here. I plead your blood. I plead your blood. I plead your blood. I plead your blood upon my boys. I plead your blood upon my wife. I plead your blood. I plead your blood. I plead your blood. Yes, I plead your blood. 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 Mm. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. It's in your blood. It's in your blood. It's in your blood. It's in your blood. It's in the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's through the blood, through the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Listen, all through the Old Testament, they tried to access the presence of God through the, bo the blood of bulls and goats. And the New Testament says that didn't do it. So the Lord robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and made the ultimate sacrifice so that his blood would cleanse us. There's nothing like it. Can, can I just ad, ad, admonish you or challenge you, especially if you're newer to our church and you, you may still be evaluating whether or not we're nuts. Listen, I've been preaching this for 30-some years, 30, almost 35, 35 years. Oh, my Lord. That means Randy's getting old. But I've never sensed the urgency of the call of Jesus. I'm not talking about the urgency of the rapture or the end times. We're going to deal with that in the fall in September. But I'm talking about the urgency of relationship. I sense his heartbeat so strong that he wants to have a relationship with us. But we tend to get so busy with all the other stuff. I want to challenge you this week. We have, there's, there's two things that we have challenged families to do in the past. Go through your house and anoint each room and pray over each room. Okay? When you do that, we, 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 we say to do it with some uh, olive oil. Olive oil, the reason is because olive oil is based of peace in Scripture. Okay? The oil is... We, we do that for two reasons. The oil is uh, symbolic of the Spirit. But when you're putting it over your doors, what you're really doing is what they did at Passover. And you're putting up a marking on your home saying, Devil, this room isn't for you. 
listen, I, I, we've done this in the past, and you can take any challenge you want. Go through your house, do all the rooms, all the doors, pray over it, anoint it. I challenge you to do it as a family. Bring your kids with you so they recognize what you're doing. Walk your property. Stand at the end of your driveway and make your neighbors think you're really nuts. Stand at the end of the driveway. Jesus, this is not the devil's property. He's going to have to drive right on by. He, he's not going to be able to turn in here. Listen, does, is it weird? Is it crazy? Yeah, but here's what it is. Is it spiritual? You're setting up spiritual dimensions in your life, and you're placing the blood and the spirit on the, the, the corners of your life. And what you're doing, the Bible says it this way, that he has an angelic host camped round about them that fear him. When you begin to apply the blood and apply his spirit throughout your home and around your property, at work, walk into your office and see what happens this week. When you start anointing the office furniture, and, and, and what ends up going on is you, what you're saying is this is God's territory. And Satan, you have no business being there. Now, he's still going to try. I've had people come back and say, well, we prayed and he still messed with you. Hey, he's going to try to mess with you. That's when you just say, I plead the blood. Give me some of the antibodies, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, let me fight the venom, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus. Don't forget Saturday at 9, and then a week from Friday is our Chain Breakers Conference. Invite somebody with you. Please sign up on the table just so we can get a ballpark figure. But invite somebody with you, and, and let's just see what God will do in 24 hours. In Jesus' name. Shake hands with one another. Greet one another. And go in the blessings of the blood of the Lamb.